Welcome to Here's Teresa on Talk Zone with your host, Teresa E. Keeves. Teresa is here to inspire and educate you with heartwarming stories and informative conversations from a national and global perspective. Now, here's Teresa. Good morning, good morning, good morning to all of my international listeners out there. This is Teresa E. Keeves, your host for Here's Teresa, broadcasting on the GreatTalkZone.com internet radio station. How are you all out there? I know that the answer is great, and I too am doing great as I am so excited to be talking with you, my international listeners, again. This is a beautiful day that God has given to all of us, and I am rejoicing in it, and I am sure a lot of you out there are doing the same thing. Well, listen, listener, let me tell you something, that the weather here is gorgeous. Here comes the butt. The high is like 100. It says 98, so what is that? 100. What's the difference? Okay. We have a lot to talk about today, so uh, we're going to get started kind of, you know, right away here. Um, and uh, we're going to be talking with, you know, the world's best mental health therapist, Rachel C. Campbell, and we're going to start off with our dinner table conversation suggestion, which today, listeners, is titled Being Uncommon. And then we're going to talk on the on uh, the following subject matters, which are lynching in America. It continues in different forms. Morals, just how important is it to have in your life? Why even bother if it makes no sense? And lowering the voting age to 16, do you agree or do you disagree? Now, um, let's get with the dinner table talk right now. My suggestion for dinner table talk is, as I said before, being uncommon. Now, this is a subject that I have talked about on my previous programs uh, to you, my listeners. And uh, I want to bring it on again because it still is very important uh, in my opinion. And I want to start by saying that I'm paraphrasing what Joel Olstein, the minister, has partly said in his sermon this past Sunday. But nevertheless, what I'm going to talk about is important, and I also feel it will make a great discussion for dinner table conversation with your family. Now, Joel Olstein talked about being uncommon in his sermon this past Sunday. He says that being common is not a good thing, that we do what everyone is doing in our society. You know, monkey see, monkey do is what I'm saying, such as the neighbors complain, you know, and then, you know, often people follow suit. Co-workers show up late for work, so many people will do the same as well. Relatives have addictions, so many people in families, for example, will do the same, citing, well, that is hereditary, you know, in some instances. You should know, um, Joel says, And I also agree that God did not create you to be uncommon, that he did not breathe life into you so you, you know, can do what everybody else is doing. That you were created to be uncommon, to live by higher standards and do and do what others are unwilling to do, my listeners. Seek the impossible to believe in things that others think are too big to stand out in the crowd to be a cut above the rest. Now, Joel continues to say that you should not focus on what is wrong, but focus on what is right. A lot of people feel that they have reached their potential and are just going through the motions of life. 
I bet you all listening to me know or knew of people like this. I most certainly have knew of, of people that were like this, and I still know of people who are like this. And, you know, and they serve as a good indicator for me of what not to be and or do. Now, here is another thing. Perhaps, listeners, you may know of people around you who are compromising, you know, just settling. Oh, it's okay when it actually, when in actuality, it is not okay. A lot of people are not faithful in their marriages, as this seems to be the way to go in our society today. Business partners are dishonest and will do anything to get ahead for the love of money. Now, Joel also says that God is looking for people that have uncommon faith, commitment to causes without backing down. God is looking for kind people, good-natured people who will do the right thing when no one is looking and those not willing to fit in. He says that by doing so, God will unleash breakthroughs, victories in your life when you venture on an uncommon path in life. Now, because that is the kind of people God rewards, he says. Now, common people, he also says, are a dime a dozen. Don't believe it, listeners. Take a look around you, your surroundings, this country, this world, and I bet you, you will see that they are, in fact, a dime a dozen. Now, listeners, this was a beautiful sermon, so inspiring and educational and and should you want to hear it in its entirety, please go and look up Joel Osteen and his sermon on being uncommon that aired Sunday, April 22nd, 2018. I, I bet you that you will enjoy it. In my opinion, listeners, it was one of his best, something that absolutely needed to be said to those listening to him, particularly in the state that our society is in a constant negative depletion. I certainly enjoyed it and needed to be replenished with the words contained in Joel's Osteen sermon. So now, listeners, this brings me to my questions, my questions to you to infuse in your conversation. Are you uncommon or are you common? Does it concern you to be different, rightly so, in a positive manner? Do you concern yourself when the crowd knows that you are not following them? Do you do the right thing even when no one is looking? Do you keep your word although it might cost you something? And do you live by a higher standard? Okay, I just love this suggestion, you know, for dinner table talk. And as I all and as I have said before, you know, listeners in my program, if this is not a subject you want to discuss, please come up with one. But the whole idea of dinner table conversations is to get the family all around the table. If you don't have children, it's you and your husband, partner, friend, whatever, and have good discussions. Put the devices down and engage in conversation with one another. Okay, thank you for listening to that. Right now, I am going to bring on my guest, Reginald C. Campbell. He is the world's most prosperous and just great mental health therapist. He is very knowledgeable, just a very sweet guy, and he's very handsome on top of that. And lastly, he is my brother. Good morning, Reginald, and how are you? And welcome to my show. Hey, good morning to you, and thank you for that introduction. That's uh, very heartfelt, and I really appreciate what you said. And uh, good morning to all of our wonderful, fantastic listeners. 
Absolutely. Well, you know, you say what you mean, because as it says, you can't give somebody something you ain't got. So if I don't think it about myself, I can't give it to you or anybody else. You know. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> Let's start off talking um, to our listeners, Reginald, about lowering the uh, voting age to 16. Do you agree or disagree? Now, an article that I, I pulled up um, is Gen, uh, Gen Z's, I guess this is what they're calling this generation, next battleground, lowering the voting age, is reported on Axios. Corey Atkinson was a reporter. Now, <clears throat> excuse me, the, the um, article states, Reginald, Washington, D.C. is on the verge of beginning the first major U.S. city to allow people as young as 16 to vote in local and federal elections, including for president under a proposal that has gotten support from a majority of the district's council and the mayor. Why does it matter? Lowering the voting age to 16 from 18 is a direct attempt to capitalize on the post-millennial generation's brewing political activism and power that has been radically heightened by the country's increasingly polarized climate. What they're saying Councilmember Charles Allen, who is a Democrat regional, who introduced the bill last week, said in a statement that the act would spur civic engagement. We have no problem collecting taxes or fees for residents who are 16 and 17. Why shouldn't we fully um, enfranchise them? Scott Warren, executive director of the nonpartisan General Citizen, which advocates for youth participation in politics and one of the main architects behind the D.C. proposal, acknowledged that young Americans are increasingly registering as independent. So we really see this as an effort to create long term voter behavior. This is what Scott Warren is saying. Now, of course, you know, the opponents, Reginald, argue that teenagers aren't mature enough to make informed decisions and argue that it is a partisan push to get more Democrat voters in the roles. Okay. Little data, uh, you know, exists on this right now of the uh, generation Z, which constitutes those born after 1996. Now, one of the key elements of generation Z regional is racial diversity. And we have an administration that turns its back on diversity as well as a wide, wide range of social issues from immigration to gay marriage, marijuana legalization. This is who William Frey, who studies the millennial and post millennial, um, of generations. So Reginald, you know, let me ask you, you know, do you think, you know, like we used to stay, say, still too wet behind the ears to make credible decisions? What do you think about that? Well, boy, that, that, that's a, that's a, it was a mouthful that you said, definitely. And, you know, if you remember, it was the same thing that was said about uh, before 18-year-olds were allowed to vote, you know, back in the day. And, um, you know, when I turned, when the voting age was lowered to 18, uh, I was Johnny on the spot uh, uh, voting. Um, this is some of the things that were said about 18-year-olds, that they weren't mature enough, they didn't know enough, but yet they were being drafted and sent over to, to Vietnam. Lowering mm-hmm. um, um, the age to 16, you know, you're always going to have voters that, you know, people who don't want to vote. You know, heck, we have 35 or 40 year olds who aren't uh, mature uh, politically enough to vote. They cast the vote because of how someone looks or some great thing that someone says. Uh, so we just can't 
you know, the old kids aren't aren't mature enough. Are there some kids who aren't politically astute? Yes. Are there other kids who are politically astute, sixteen year olds? Yes. Just look at the the kids that organized the marches uh, in the past uh, few months. Mm-hmm. The old kids are politically astute. This was done. Yeah, the, uh, you know they had some some help with uh, from adults organizing that, and that's okay because we all need help with with every with with things. You know, none of us do anything by ourselves. Uh, exactly. So back to the original question, I I I I do agree with lowering the age uh, voting age sixteen, and the Republicans throw this out. You know because. Uh, they're afraid that some of these kids are going to vote Democratic, but I think statistics have shown that a lot of these kids are, are voting independently. And mm-hmm. I do believe by getting people involved at an early age, I mean, there's no guarantee, there's no guarantee that, you know, when the voting age it was lower to 18, that people uh, back then are still voting now. You know, there's so, so there's no guarantee that the 16 year olds would be still voting at, at 21 and 25, 35, 60 years old. But um, I, I, I yeah. do agree with lowering that uh, age limit. Well, here, yeah, thank you for that. I, first of all, let me, before I, before I, I say what it is else that I want to say, I want to give a shout out to my granddaughter, Tierra Alexis Daniel. She is 18 and she voted for the very first time this past Tuesday. We had a special election here, um, um, here in, in Arizona and, uh, I'm so proud of her that she, uh, voted for the first time. Um, but, but uh, I also want to say to Rachel that I think that intelligence should be invigorated as early as possible yeah. <laughs> you know what i'm yeah. saying uh, yeah. a lot of people oh you're 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 too young for that you're you're too young for this and 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 well how old was david when he defeated goliath that's right nobody else nobody else stood up to him what was he like uh, uh excuse me 14 years of age i believe yeah um Absolutely. yeah so you know i don't i don't feel that um, I, I think if they're 16 years of age, they can have a driver's license mm-hmm. in a lot of states, you know, and, and what a, what a big responsibility is that, you know? Yeah. So I think that, I think that all of these things need to be start, you know, kids need to start knowing what the world is at a very, uh, early age. You know, I'm, it could be eight years old, nine years old. I can remember that, um, our dad talked about politics and 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 a number of things when we were coming up and we were uh, certainly not 16 years of age we were you know very young 6 7 years of age i can remember the discussions you know and i used to kind of you know try to chime in something and if i said something you know he would correct me or say something that would invigorate my thought so i i totally agree i think that 16 years of age if you're giving them a driver's license um, you know, to get out there in the street and drive, which is huge, uh, huge responsibility. I, and, and I think that then, you know, you, they need to be invigorated with the intelligence of knowing about our democratic, um, and, and social, uh, methodologies that we have for voting. You know what That's I'm saying, right. Reginald? Absolutely. You know? Totally yeah. Yeah. You need to start as early as, as possible. Um, you know, exactly. you don't wait. Until someone's 18 and then they, they become aware or they start, uh, you know, learning about the political system and things like that. You know, this needs mm-hmm. to start as well as possible. Mm-hmm. 
And, and, um, you know, so, and I agree with what you're saying. There's people that are, you know, baby boomers who, um, their, their, their whole intake on the political system is, you know, make you want to do a Scooby Doo, you know, like, hmm? you know, what are you talking about? Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, you yeah. don't know any historical facts of, you know, if you want to know why we are where we are, you need to know the history that got us here, you know, the truthful history that got us here. Now, Having said that, Reginald, that's a good segue into my next um, discussion, which is lynching in America. It continues in different forms. Okay. Now, following the Civil War for 70 years, African-American men, women, and children were being lynched. And I have talked with you, my listeners, in a previous broadcast that lynching is alive and well, that it is being done differently. And I also reported to you that in Montgomery, Alabama, there is a museum that is dedicated to the lives that were tragically lost because of lynching. Now, Oprah Winfrey, who is now a reporter for 60 Minutes, recently reported on this topic titled Inside the Memorial to to Victims of Lynching, a project whose name is um, the National uh, Memorial for Peace and Justice, Reginald, that is being led by Brian Stevenson, who is head of the Equal Justice Initiative in Montgomery, Alabama, who is a criminal attorney. And by the way, that's where our father entered at, um, entered this beautiful world in Montgomery, Alabama. Should you want, please pull this report up, listeners, and listen or read about this. It's very important. Although it was a dark period in our society, you know, sure enough that the project, you know, um, that the project, you know, about this report uh, feels that healing starts with educating the populace about this tragic time in our history. The truth needs to be told, he said. And listeners, as I am listening to this report, a lot of what was said is so very apropos for today, pertaining to the terrible killings of black people, people of color that are no longer done by rope hangings, but by guns and other methods. To me, it is shocking and is disturbing, Reginald, the reasons of why lynching done was done to black individuals, <clears throat> excuse me, in this country. And it still maintains its relevance today. As I stated before, the form in which it is done just has been revised. Now, Brian Stevenson wanted to do something to pay tribute to the senseless deaths of these black um, individuals. Regardless of the fact that it was done years ago, because it still matters today. The memorial contains, uh, Reginald and my listeners, over 4,000 names of black individuals who were lynched. The report says that a lot of these people were lynched because they had too much dignity and humanity. These lynches were treated like public events. People used to dress up, white people used to dress up in their best garbs to come and watch these events. He says what I have said and stated before listeners from slavery, lynching to mass incarceration. Now he is now opening up a museum to show the ugliness of racism to educate people. He says that one out of every three black boys born in this country is expected to go to jail. He says that America can be a great nation in spite of the ugly things it did. But we do not tell the truth about our past history, Reginald. And this is something that you and I have discussed many times. However, if we do not talk about it, 
the things we did and acknowledge them, we will not get there to being a great nation. What do you think about what I said so far, Reginald? Yeah, I totally agree. I mean, what a, what a, anxiety, maybe this isn't the word that should be used, but an anxiety filled, um, you know, discussion this could be with people, but it needs to be, it needs to be done. Actually, it's ironic, I was looking at some things about that a couple of weeks ago. Um, and, and, and you're right, um, until, well, well just, just let me go back about this. You know, you know, we talk about uh, domestic terrorism, and domestic terrorism right now is dressed up as uh, uh, people of, of, our, of our Latino brothers and uh, sisters or our Arab brothers and sisters. But mm-hmm. domestic terrorism was, you know, this situation of where black people, black men, women, and children were being lynched. So mm-hmm. this was, um, you know, America's terrorism 100, 200, 300 years ago, mm-hmm. where um, in Louisiana, uh, some white men who lived in the bayou and who uh, used to hunt alligators would use black children as alligator bait. Mm-hmm. And after looking at this and, you know, reading about this and seeing proof of this, I had to put it down for a minute because it was so emotionally traumatic, um, showing, you know, the posters that were drawn up, you know, of, of, of those kind of things. So, so sometimes the past is, it's painful. And, and is it really the past? But, you know, the past is painful. It doesn't matter if you're sitting in an NA meeting or, or a therapist's office or speaking with your, your clergy. Uh, you know, when we're going, when we're dealing with the past, we have to bring it up and we have to acknowledge the past. You can't get past using drugs and alcohol if you're not going to acknowledge your current use of drugs and alcohol. Exactly. Exactly. <clears throat> See the common sense in that, what you just said, Reginald? A lot of people are like, you know, well, uh, that that happened. And Oprah did pose a question um, to the interviewee, something like that. So, well, you know, there's a lot of people out there that says, oh, well, that was a long time ago. He says, well, you know what, that may be true that it was a long time ago, but we still have not healed from that. And then I want to add, Reginald, because we are still doing the same damn thing right now. We're still doing it. Um, I, You know, I want to say that just yesterday I was educating one of my Asian um, uh, friends about Muslims because what he said to me was that, you know, one of his coworkers is, is now, you know, um, engaged to a guy. He's Muslim. And, um, <clears throat> and um, I said, and so what is that supposed to mean? He's a red and corpuscle uh, person. He breathes air. He sweats. Um, <clears throat> he has to he has to do everything that that you have to do, and and he's an he is an uh, optometrist. Okay, you're a nail tech. <laughs> All right, and um, so just because he both yeah, but he prays four or five times every day. I said sometimes I pray more than that. So what does that mean? That doesn't mean that I'm erratic. 
it doesn't mean that I'm a murderer. See, this is a whole thing that, in you know, you need to learn, and which is what we were saying earlier. Education, and I say this all the time, education is a beautiful thing. You need to be educated. Stop listening to what it is that you hear on all of these new news programs, be it CNN, MSNBC, Fox, definitely, you know, and other uh, you know programs. Letting that be your mantra, what somebody else is saying that they're reading off of a prompter. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, Reginald? That's that's, that's right, and um, and and unfortunately, you know that that attitude of, of what we're talking about. Um, is still sprinkled around today in our in our country. Um, you know, mm-hmm. anyone who who waved the Confederate flag, you know, that's that's that same attitude. And and you know, we talk about, you know, patriotism and things like that. Well you know, how can you be a patriot when you wanted to succeed from the country? When you went to mm-hmm. war to succeed from the country in order to keep other human beings in, in slavery, in, in bondage. How, mm-hmm. you know, how, how is that being a patriot? You know, we have some of these people on, uh, sitting, sitting on, on Fox and other, uh, um, you know, newscasts and, and, you know, talks like that, you know, who, who talk about their, their, their patriotism. And you know, mm-hmm. when you start back the onion, uh, you know, are these, you know, are these people, are these people patriots? Uh, you know, mm-hmm. President Trump, you know, Mister Mister Bolsberg. Um, um, oh God, for some reason I can't remember um, on this this other this other gentleman, a former former um, a musician. For some reason I can't can't remember his name. Is is the tongue? His his name is right on the, the, the tip of my tongue. It's okay. It'll come to you. It'll it'll come to you later. <laughs> yeah. Um. So so this guy he talked about being a patriot and he you know saying ugly things about David Hogg and some of the other young people who you know organized the, the marches and here's a guy to get out of the draft. He pooped and peed his pants for a week. You know, in order to show that he was so called. Mentally unfit. Mid-state. Oh God. You know, but he's but he's um a Ted, Ted Nugent. Uh, 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 thank you, Jesus, Ted for giving, Nugent, for giving me that mm-hmm. name. Thank you, Jesus, for acknowledging for giving me that. He is here's a guy who, you know, to get out of the draft, and and this isn't me saying this. Pull it up, and I re- and, and I remember this because I was alive when this was going on, and he bragged about it back in the day. He pooped his pants. And peed his pants and went to the draft board that way. But yeah, now he's he's talking, walking around, talking about what a patriot he is. You know, the mm-hmm. Second Amendment, guns, blah blah blah. I mean, are you are you kidding me here? You know, exactly. Well, that's very much on the same line of of Donald Trump, isn't it? Not he's gonna, you know, stand up there before all, all of his uh, uneducated followers and. Um, and um, you know, talk about you know the military. Military, oh my God, it's just in it's just in such bad condition. You know, <clears throat> what about him with the stupid spo- bone spur? Oh, I can't go because I have a bone spur. So what? 
What does that mean? You're still walking. You're standing up there. You know, you still were able to walk and, and go to school that your father uh, paid your way through. You know, so it's, it's just, you know. But, you know, I just want to say something, Reginald, um, before I go go on. You know, I just want to say, you know, people will say, well, what do you mean, you know, that, that um, you know, lynching still uh, exists in, you know, in America and, and blah, 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 blah. Well, you know, okay, there's the shooting of the people of color at the Waffle House. What the hell was that about? What about the arrest of the men of color at Starbucks? And one of those gentlemen went to that, used to go to that Starbucks for 15 years. Okay? That's right. All right? And, you know, and so, and I mean, it's that we are people of color, and it starts the time that we leave our house. We have to deal with something be it small, medium, all the way, sometimes it can get to be grandiose. It's every freaking day. And some days is better than other days. You know, it's like, you know, what did you say to me? Or what did you, you know what I mean? So it's every it's every freaking day. And I will say that it has elevated because they feel that, you know, that, that uh, Trump has given them the okay, as I've said on my show, ain't no shame in my game to pull their race card out of their dust it off, pull it out of their back pockets, go to their sellers and get it, addicts or wherever they had it. Now they can pull it out. Yeah, now we can be racist and hateful again. Well, I got news for you because ain't nobody putting up with that bullshit, y'all. Okay, that's all I'm saying. And then in in regards to the, you know, to the guy that I was talking about at, at, at the uh, nail salon, you know, and he was saying, you know, what they pray four or five times a day. You know, I just want to tell, say something. There is a song, and I'm just going to say a part of it, that we used to sing in church when I was attending the church there in Chicago. And it says that, you know, our thoughts are prayers. We are always praying. Our thoughts are prayers. Be careful what you're saying. Okay. And that is that for that report. So let's move on to why even bother Reginald if it makes no sense. So, you know, I do my best to consistently infuse logic in my thinking, as I know that you do, Reginald, and my listeners do too, you know, on a daily basis, you know. And I want to talk about why isn't logic, plain old common sense, initialized by businesses and people? You know, it's like, okay, Teresa, what are you talking about? Well, I'm going to give you one example. Tax season. It is frustrating, scary, and time-consuming for a large number of Americans, to say the least, to get their taxes prepared in a timely manner and then submit it on time as well in order to avoid any interaction with the IRS down the road. But then here comes the added frustration and scary situation. This same department known as the IRS, who has way too long overreach, in my opinion, where individuals just shudder should they be audited or not applying protocols to make certain, you know, um, that, that, you know, that their information is, is kept in place where none of us could be compromised. Mm-hmm. Well, you all have heard the stories in recent months about the ability that hackers had and went into the data vaults of the IRS technology systems and stole millions of Americans, their customers, we are the IRS customers, personal information. 
So why is this happening? Well, Reginald, one of my thoughts is that there is too much stored on data systems, the cloud and other devices that are used to store sensitive information. Also, there is not enough being done to protect the information on a daily basis that is being stored as they demand that you get your taxes filed on time. So I have a few questions here, okay? What was wrong with the method of just mailing in your damn taxes that you completed as long as they were in by the due date? Is it that, oh, that that is an out-of-date method, Rachel, so we must upgrade? Why? Why do, why do we need to do that? If it ain't if it ain't broke, don't fix it. I have been filing taxes, you know, and you have two original a lot of my listeners out there. And what I have taken note of is that the tax returns are not coming any faster by e-filing. And individuals information was not being compromised like it is today. And then those that are compromised have to do cleanup that could take years to do. To rectify regarding your personal information. So why can't we just mail, why don't you just mail your taxes in early by the due date and, you know, early or by the due date and call it a day? Or are you aligned with the quick, fast, and in a hurry society? If I email my taxes, I will get them sooner. Not really. So, Reginald and my listeners, this makes no sense to me. So why even bother? Your comment? Yeah. I mean, you're, boy, what a good point of, um, you know, 10, 15, 20 years ago when you were, when we were mailing our tax, uh, forms in and, and people's information wasn't being, wasn't being compromised. Uh, you know, look, I understand technology and, and technology is great. Uh, but, you know, nothing is going to take the place of good old paper and pencil. And, mm-hmm. and and you're right. It's a shame that people's information, you know. And and you and I talk about this a lot. You know, it, it'll be, I don't know, something you want to order or something or whatever. And they say, well, you can go online and do this, or a person wants to apply for for a job, a kid wants to apply for a job at a grocery store. Well, you know, you can go online instead of just still having a paper application where that person can complete right then. You know. Or what if mm-hmm. that person does not have access to a computer? You know. Yeah. Um, so yeah, so much of our information is stored on on the web, and and uh, you know this information could be compromised because there are you know really smart people out there. They're not doing you know acting smart or, or acting nice, but there are people out there who are constantly out there to try and instill and get and get people's information. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and it's a shame. Like this one thing um, I, I heard about, you probably know more, well, I'm sure you know about, more about this than me, that if someone owns a home, someone, and I forgot what they call it, if you own a home, someone can actually uh, get your information, take out loans, uh, and things in, in your, in your name, uh, and, and end up, uh, eventually can, can, can own your, your home. And, and, yeah. and the insurance that you cover that you have on your home does not protect or cover that. And I'm like, why? How? How, how, how is that? So again, it goes back to what you were saying, you know, people's 
personal information can be compromised like that, and they're left holding the bag. Exactly. It's, it's terrible, you know, and it's like, you know, well, your, you know, your credit card companies, you know, you can, uh, you know, call them up and, you know, say, okay, I didn't make this purchase or whatever. It's like, you know, my neighbor across the street, you know, he had, or, you know, you order things. And then, you know, these individuals delivering it, the post office or the UPS and all these other uh, delivery services, they just put it at the front door. They don't care when in a lot of instances they have. You know, like some people have, you know, porches that have chairs and they could hide it behind the chairs to make it less conspicuous for the for the nasty eyes that are searching to, you know, to to snack, to, you know, to snatch um something away from somebody. But they'll sit in and, and they'll put the box right on the, you know, front front porch. So he uh, let us know that, you know, it stated that it was delivered. His packages were delivered. But now he goes out there and they're not there. I mean, you know, we weren't we weren't home because typically we look out for, you know, one another. But I mean, what are you supposed to do about that? Wow. You know, so it so you called your credit card company or whatever and it's like, well, you know, it was it shows that, you know, it shows that uh you you know, you it, it was delivered. Yeah, but I don't have my 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 product that I ordered that I paid 2 $300 for, $50 for, whatever. Okay? So just how do you handle that situation? It's like, okay, well, oh, well, it says it was delivered. I mean, and then, and, and I'm certainly are not, you know, on the side of the credit card companies. But, you know, it's like you get people who are disingenuous, who will call up and say, you know, I didn't get this package. And, you know, and, you know, so I need my money, you know, reversed back onto my credit card or my debit card or whatever. You see what I'm saying, Reginald? Right. Human right. beings that you know they just continue to do stupid things that make it bad for all of us. You know this this conversation also comes up uh, under the umbrella of the recent findings of the compromised information. You know on on your you know with the credit organizations that hold your information about your credit, how you pay your bills, and all, which I think is so fucking stupid. Just let me say that, okay? You got Equifax, Experion, TransUnion, okay, the three big uh, credit organizations. So they compromise millions of people's organiza- uh, uh, information, and then they turn around and say to you, when you when you contact them or whatever, they turn around and see you, send you an email, Rachel, and they'll say, okay, you know, well, we can make this better for you if you if you opt to buy this service from us, the very people who are compromised, you see what I'm saying? Uh, individuals about common sense, the very people who were compromised, they're going to offer you, okay, a resolution when they, when they don't even have a resolution and their, and their organization isn't, is, is ill equipped for keeping your information tight, where it's, you know, not compromised. It just makes no sense to me. You see what I'm saying, Reginald? Yeah, that's like someone who, uh, you know, tells you a burglar alarm system and the burglar alarm system doesn't work, but they'll say, well, you know what, if you buy this other service, we can fix, you know, this adding on to this service will, you know, fix the burglar alarm system that doesn't work, which was supposed to work in the first place. It's, exactly. you know, it's, it's so ridiculous. This this whole um, credit score stuff is just, Stupid. And yes. um, that 
just I'll just put it out there. All of that was to compromise people of color. You know, so Thank now you. all of a sudden, you know, you have to have this certain credit score for this or for that, you know, blah, 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 blah. All of was to compromise people of color to slow down to stop people from color from living in certain areas, from buying certain things, you know. I mean, let's let's call it the way it is. Because and, it's all and the, bullshit. Oh yeah, we we've we've said this before about the credit cards. Okay. And I see people doing this all the time and this makes no sense to me either. All right. I see people whip out their credit cards to pay for I'm I'm just going to say nondescript items, okay? It isn't any major thing like two bags of potato chips, um, a pack of cigarettes that, that's going to hurt them and the ecology as well, and, you know, or maybe some gum. How dumb is that? Okay, so the gum is less than $2, but, you know, your credit card, you know, has a thing, you know, percentage rate. So now this, let me give you a real quick example and I know a lot of you all are out there smart and everything, but I'm just like for my listeners to be on point and they can pass this information down. You're, you're, the, 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 it costs less than $2. Let's say it's $1.88 after they take the, you know, taxes. Okay. And so then your, your percentage rate on your credit card is, I don't know, 10%. Okay. So 10% of that. Is is what like it's a dollar eighty eight is what uh, uh eighteen cent or whatever, so that that's going to add on, but it's compounded. Mm-hmm. So it's you know so you got previous bills to pay, and let's just say a month or something, you know, then so you're done paying for this if you don't pay your credit, you know, bill off as soon as you get it. And how many Americans you know can do that? So they have to go with a monthly uh, fee. All right which is also a game for the credit card companies and the CEOs to get their, you know, billions of dollars uh, annual, re, you know, rewards. But I'm just saying, why even bother doing that? Right. It doesn't make you look, you know, stellar or, you know, oh, wow, you got a credit card or whatever. I mean, that also <laughs> even goes with even if you have a debit card, even if it is, you do have the dollar eighty-eight to $20 or whatever in your account. Why even bother? You don't know how safe that that individual's equipment is that's that where you're swiping your information and it's going through the going through the rigors of of of, of doing what it needs to do in the technology arena. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, it's like, oh, my God, my, my car got not here. So you hear so much of it. You know, it was compromised when I was at the at the Circle K. It was compromised when I was at, you know, Safeway. Well, if your ass had to pay cash. Did not it would not have been that. And by the way, Reginald and my listeners, um, I'm hearing more advertisements of giving incentives if you pay cash. Hmm. Okay, if you pay cash, you know, typically if you pay cash for you know big ticket items, you know, uh, mattresses, um, you know, furniture or whatever, or you're buying a large amount of clothing or whatever, you know, you can get discount just by paying cash. All you got to do is ask. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, Reginald? <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's just all a way for, you know, it's, it's just a way, you know, how, how, how can we screw the consumer more? How can we get more out of the consumer? How can we get the consumer to 
to pay more. And, you know, like you were saying, in the meantime, the CEOs or whatever, they're getting, he, she or he, they're getting their, you know, two or three or five million dollar incentive or bonus on top of their $10 million a year salary, you know. So yeah. And, it's, yeah, and it's worth yeah. the change. Yeah, and you better not miss a payment because then they're gonna be on your ass. Then they right. then they hire these then they hire these attorneys, you know, and and they're talking to you, scaring you, and all this other kind of stuff. It's just it's just ridiculous. Okay, let's move on to morals. Just how important is it to have in your life? Because I think we're gonna be talking about this for a bit. Now, um, and I was researching and I came across this website, listeners, called All About Philosophy. Dot org and the title of the article is philosophy now it defines morality by saying the following in part morality speaks of a system of behavior in regards to standards of right or wrong behavior the word carries the concepts of number one moral standards with regard to behavior number two moral responsibility referring to our conscious and number three a moral identity, or one who is capable of right or wrong action. Morality has become a complicated issue in the multicultural world we live in today. The article also goes on to say that morality, as it relates to our behavior, is important on three levels. Renowned thinker, scholar, and author C.S. Lewis defined them as the following. Number one, to ensure fair play and harmony between individuals. Number two, to help make us good people in order to have a good society. And number three, to keep us in a good relationship with the power that created us. Based on this definition, it is clear that our beliefs are critical to our moral behavior. Now, morality impacts our everyday decisions and those choices are directed by our conscience. I think that's I'm going to say that again. Morality impacts our everyday decisions and those choices are directed by our conscience. I think that is a beautiful statement, listeners. Now, you know, I am thinking, how many people in our society today realize any of what I just said? How important it is to maintain moral standards in their lives and not consistently bathe in the slippery soup of disrespect allowance in their lives as they are thinking, well, this is how everybody else is acting. Like, didn't I just get through talking about being uh, uncommon? And common allowance of individuals in their lives. I'll say that again, allowing common individuals in their lives. Let me put it to you that way. Now, I read earlier, Reginald, that morality has been a complicated issue in the multicultural world we live in today. I kind of, you know, like had I had to, you know, think about that for a little bit. What do you have to say about that, Reginald? You know, we we have to have some kind of moral standards in our life, or we'll fall for anything. If you uh, don't stand for something, you'll fall for anything. You know, morality is, um, you know, when you're walking down the street and you're drinking a can of soda. Um, that you, even though no one else is around watching you, you still throw that can of soda, empty can, into the garbage can, you know, garbage container, and not just hmm, toss it on the street. I've seen people people do. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Dr. King talked about 
you know, whatever we do is to be the best that that we can at that. Uh, you know, he said, if you're a street sweeper, sweep streets, sweep streets the way Picasso painted pictures. Mm-hmm. So it's you know having the morality is not just what we think and what, what I mean, it's not just in my opinion what we do, but it's what we think as well because what we think is what we do. Thank you. Thank you. Well said. And this is what I just got through saying about the song. I I I I, I just talked about part of the song. Our thoughts, our prayers. Be careful what you're saying. Our thoughts are prayers, you know. So if you're, if the, you know, so as you think is, so as it will be. If you get up in the morning and you're thinking heinous thoughts, that's your initial thing. You're getting up thinking heinous thoughts. I don't want to go to this job. I can't stand this supervisor. I don't like my kids. I don't like my wife. I don't want to be married. I want to, you know, you take it. Then how do you think your 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 day is gonna this day is gonna be? You have already set that pattern. You get up in the morning and you and you're joyful. Um, you're wishing yourself well. You're wishing others well. Good morning, um, uh, my beautiful wife. Good morning, my beautiful children. Have a great day in school. Be safe, honey. I love you. Call me. Let me know you arrive safe. How do you think your day is gonna be? Compared to what I just said earlier, Reginald, you know, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our, our thoughts are, I'm sorry, our thoughts are so powerful. And this is what I tell my listeners all the time and other people. There's nothing more powerful than a made up mind. Nothing. It's like a huge locomotive barreling down on your butt. If you stand in front of that locomotive, that's going, do you think that you can stop it? The only way that you can curtail that, your mind that is, is that you have to change your thought pattern, which is the thing that infuses, electrifies, or feeds the mind. You understand what I'm saying, Reginald? And and so so well said, and that's for and that's for all of us. Um it, it, and we, in, in, including me, uh, you, you know, I'm, I'm, um, you know, dealing with a situation now where, you know, I have to be careful with what I think and how and how I think, you know, mm-hmm. because in order to change what I'm uh, praying, uh, so and asking for to change, you know, I have to watch those watch those thoughts. Uh, mm-hmm. So our thoughts are so important. And, and you and I talk about this a lot, you know, just, just the other day, you know, I'm leaving my complex, going to work, and, and, and this lady behind me who lives in my complex, I've never seen her or met her before, she's tailgating me through the complex. You know, so I'm driving like five miles an hour because, you know, people are walking their dogs and, you know, kids may be out there playing. It's early in the morning, but, you know, for kids, you know, could be out there playing and people walking and, you know. And she's tailgating me. So we pull out of the complex, go up to down little, I put it like quarter mile or so to, uh, to Armour School, going to turn right on Armour School, waiting at the light. She's on my tail again. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, it's not even 8 o'clock in the morning. And why are you acting like this? 
I'm waiting at the light. I move up. She moved up. So the kid mm-hmm. along, I tell, I move up. She moved up. Mm-hmm. And I'm thinking, wow, this is what you're thinking and acting and how you're acting. And it's not even 8 o'clock in the morning, for heaven's sake. How are you going to be acting at noon? How are you going so to be you, acting at and, 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 you know, and you're going to have these same thought patterns. I'm running out of time, so I want to interject mm-hmm. as, as much as possible. I have three more minutes. You know, so this is what I'm saying, Rachel. She gets up, you know, because this is, um, you know, something that she doesn't want to do. She's unhappy with it. Well, you know, you're, you're not unhappy with your, you know, um, uh, your, your job and this, this get down to the base of it. You know, you're a mental health therapist. You know, I'm not. But what I tell my uh, listeners that I'm infused with a wealth of common damn sense. I am awake every moment of my life. I'm an, a great observer. So the thing is, is that it boils down to you are not happy with yourself, whether you want to hear it or not. You are not happy with yourself. Don't go out there and make that a problem for any and everybody else because you're unhappy. Don't nobody want to uh, uh, be bothered with your unhappiness. You know, because somebody out there is just as unhappy as you or more. And then, you know, it's like, okay, I don't care about being unhappy. You know, I'm going to do some heinous crime against somebody. You know what I'm saying? I mean, it's, it's, it's ridiculous. You know, my father always said, you know, um, that, you know, you think you're tough and bad. There's somebody out there that's 10 times out there waiting for you. Okay. Just keep that thought. The last question that I have, I'm going to say it real, real quick, Reginald. Um, is that I was going to say, is it true that our beliefs are critical to our moral behavior? Yes, it is very critical to our moral behavior, you know, um, uh, because that if, if, you know, as we just got through saying, you know, um, our thoughts, our prayers, we're always praying, you know, because, you know, you're, you're, you're saying things that's coming out of your head that are, that are these thoughts. Where do you think they're homing in from, you know? So, you know, it, it depends on how you're thinking. It definitely, you know, reflects how you act. It's real simple, listeners. People think that they have to, you know, go and 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 seek this and seek that. You know, in a lot of instances, you don't even need that. All you need to do, in 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 my opinion, is to seek out your own commonality that God has infused all of us with. A lot of us, in most cases, Reginald, do not want to use our innate abilities i have run out of time listeners my engineer has already let me know that thank you dave um i thank you for listening to me reginald thank you for being so ever present such a great commentator very much appreciated i wish you the best day as i wish all my listeners out there the best day including myself and i'm asking you to be kind to yourself because that is where it starts first and then put it out on others. This is Teresa Keys, and I'll see you in two weeks. Make it a great day.